This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise God. We are on a series this month. And uh, does anybody remember the title of the series? Don't worry, be happy. Amen. And I really believe that that's really what God wants us walking in. He wants us walking in faith and faith should produce peace in our life and faith should produce joy in our life. If you're walking in the faith of God, you should have peace and you should have joy. Amen. I I call that the blessed twins. Amen. Peace and joy. And that's the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we're on this series. And and if you've been in this world long enough, you know that this world that we live in, this natural world, it's it's the, the Bible says the devil is the God of this world system. So the devil is 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 running the world system, but the devil's not running the church. Glory to God. God's running the church. The devil's not running your life. God's running your life. Can I get a witness in the house today? And, and, so, and so, but the world is, is fear-filled and stressed out. And we got to be very careful uh, as believers that we don't allow the stress and the fear of the world to get on the inside of us. We got to be very careful because if we... If, if you allow yourself and you watch the news and you watch all the negative reports and you focus on the Antichrist instead of Jesus Christ, I'm preaching today. <laughs> I'm preaching to somebody today. If you focus more on Jesus Christ than the Antichrist, I'm not against, you know, talking about eschatology and the end time events and all that, but I, I'm focused on Jesus. The Bible says when you see all these things happening, all the bad things happening in this world, the Bible says, look up. Don't look around. Don't look at what other people are doing. Don't look at how bad things are. But look up for what happens. Your redemption draws nigh. Another word for nigh is near. So, so your redemption. So what do we do? You know, if you're going to walk in the peace of God, the joy of God, you've got to keep looking up. Can I get a witness in the house today? The Bible says that the righteous, their heads are lifted up. Glory to God. Lift up your heads, O ye righteous. And, 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 and I, I forgot the rest of the, the, the scripture, but lift up your heads, O ye righteous. For, for the everlasting doors of God will be open. Amen. I'm paraphrasing it, but it's close enough. Amen. And so, so one of my favorite scriptures and I have a lot of favorite scriptures. You should have a lot of favorite scriptures. And, uh, but one of my favorite scriptures, because it's Don't Worry, Be Happy is the title, but the subtitle is Abundant Life. And so one of my favorite scriptures is John 10.10. And in John 10.10, it says the thief comes only in order to kill, steal, and to destroy. I'm sorry, still kill and destroy. But I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And I like the Amplified. It says, to the full till it overflows. You see, in, the, in Psalms 23, it says, our cup overflows. 
So what is God about? God's about an he's he's a overflowing blessing God abundantly above more than we can ask or think. Can I get a witness in the house today? That's the God that we serve. The abundant God. Amen. So so you could say this. You could say the thief is not only Jesus talking about the devil, but the thief is also what the devil produces sometimes in a Christian's life. And sometimes the devil can produce fear that results in worry in a believer's life. So you could say it this way. Instead of the thief, you could say worry steals our peace, kills our hope, and destroys our faith. You can tweet that. Amen. Worry steals our peace, kills our hope, and destroys our faith. So so I, I, I want you to be very careful about allowing worry in your life. And we've been talking about this in a series. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, through that whole chapter, don't worry. And he says it multiple times in that chapter. Don't worry. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry. And I like the second part. It says, I came that you may have and enjoy life, I'm, I'm reading the Amplified, and have it in abundance to full till it overflows. So God wants us walking this abundant life, this overflow. It's more than just us having money. Money is a small part of the blessings of God. I'm talking about overflowing in God's love, overflowing in God's joy, overflowing in God's peace. That's what I'm talking about. But also, financial blessings are involved in that as well. Amen. And so, and so faith in God's word produces the abundant life that Jesus attended for us to all to walk in. I believe Jesus walked in that abundant life when he was down here on earth. And, you know, some people preach that Jesus was poor why he was down here on earth, that, that, you know, he was born in a stable, uh, that, you know, that uh, he didn't have a, a place to lay his head on, a pillow to lay his head on. And so they take these scriptures out of context and say, see, Jesus was a poor man and you have to be poor to serve God. And I'm going to say this, you don't have to be poor to serve God. Poverty does not say that you have humility. It does not promote humility. No, it's humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. So Jesus wasn't poor because I read in my Bible that there were, there were three, there were wise men that came to visit Jesus. They say three, but it could be more than that. And they brought Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They set Jesus up, his family up for life. Amen. Amen. Can I get away? And I believe that God wants to set us up. I'm preaching to somebody today. God wants to set you up. I'm preaching to somebody for life. Amen. In other words, God, he's he's our shepherd and we shall not want glory to God. And so Jesus had to, you know, Jesus walked by faith and and he he left his carpentry 
a position. You know, he was a carpenter and and so he, he, he earned an income and a living, but he walked away from that. He asked his disciples to walk away from, from their trades to follow Jesus. And, and Jesus took care of those disciples for over three and a half or three years and some. And so, and so Jesus took care of these people and, and God, really God took care of them. And so, so number one, Jesus was provided for, for, for his ministry with, by financial support. Financial support. Some say Jesus was poor. Then why did he have a treasurer? Because you don't, you don't need a treasurer. Judas was a treasurer. Jesus, listen, you don't need a treasurer. If there's no money coming in, you don't need somebody holding the money. Number one. Number two, Jesus had people that supported his ministry. And, 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 and in Luke 8, 2 and 3, it says... And also some women who had been healed of sickness and evil spirits, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons have gone out, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of of Herod's house, Susanna, and many others. These women used their own money to help Jesus and his apostles. So what am I saying today? I'm saying when you start serving God, God will bring people around you. I'm preaching to somebody today and move on their hearts to support the work or the vision that God has placed in a believer's life. Just like our church today, our church is supported through tithes and offerings. Amen. So what you're doing, you're doing the same thing when you're sowing into the kingdom in Exceed Life Church. You're supporting the vision that God has placed on my life. Amen. And, 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 and as you support the vision, God's, God's able to move it forward into where he wants it to go. Amen. And number two, Jesus had favor with people and they would always invite him to dinner. Have you ever been invited to dinner? Amen. Has anybody ever paid for your meal? Glory to God. Amen. And, uh, and so Jesus had this favor. And I, I noticed when I read the Gospels that, that Jesus seemed like he was always eating with somebody. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? He was eating with some of the Pharisees. He was eating with people. He was in people's houses. People were giving him favor, opening doors of grace. He, you know, Jesus had so much favor, he would invite himself over to eat. Did you know that? He would just invite himself. It, it says here in Luke 19.5, Jesus uh, uh, saw Zacchaeus up in the tree. Anybody remember that? And he said, when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. Now, I'm going to say this, that it is a Jewish custom when people stay at your house for the, for the family to make you food. That is a, that is a, and that's a Spanish custom too, I hear. Amen. And uh, we got some Hispanics in the, in the house today. Glory to God. And, uh, and so, and so that's a custom when people come in, uh, that, that you make them something. When Jesus ever went over to, in other words, God will take care of us. Amen. And Jesus was able to preach to Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus got saved and Zacchaeus was a rich man. And the Bible said that 
uh, that, that Zacchaeus said if he wronged anybody in finances, he would pay them back fourfold. This is what salvation will do to you. Salvation will always affect your money. Oh, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching to somebody today. And then he said, when Zacchaeus received salvation, he says, I'm going to give half my goods to the poor. Oh, my Lord Jesus. You see, Jesus didn't require that. But because Zacchaeus had the word and the truth and Jesus accepted him and he was a sinner and, and, and he received salvation out of the outflow uh, or the inflow of what he received from Jesus, the outflow was he wanted to be a giver. Can I get a witness in the house today? And out of what we receive from God, we should always want to give out more than just finances in every area of our lives. Salvation should be affecting us. Amen. And so, and Jesus also was, was provided up through the miracles that he performed. And see, God can do miracles in your life. Maybe you're in debt. Maybe you're in need. But God can do a financial miracle, and you just got to believe and have faith and obey. Trust and obey. Amen. And God is still doing financial miracles today. And God is still paying off houses. God's still paying off cars. I was talking to a lady uh, at the bookstore, the Christian bookstore. I was, I was buying some healing anointing oil from uh, right from Jerusalem. Glory to God. And uh, I, 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 I went to the hospital the other day and I prayed for, uh, for a person at the hospital. And I had the anointing oil uh, for Brad's father. Uh, Brad, is a per- Brad and his wife has been attending uh, this church, just started attending it. And uh, so I came out and prayed, and uh, I said, I got some anointing oil from Jerusalem. And so Brad said, let me take a look at that anointing oil. He looked, he started reading it, from Waco, Texas, you know, (laughs) from Houston, Texas. And and I'm thinking, oh, he's thinking I'm a liar, you know. But but there's small print that says Jerusalem on it. But I found out that they do get the oil, they bottle it. And it's a company in Texas, but they get the oil from Jerusalem. But when it says from Houston, Texas, you're like, oh, yeah, from Jerusalem. Yeah, pastor. All right. And so Jesus provided through, through miracles. And, 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 you know, remember when Peter allowed Jesus to use his boat? Remember what Jesus did for him? Jesus told him to take that boat launch it out and throw his nets out for a hole. And, and that was one of the largest, biggest uh, hauls that he received, in, I believe, in his entire life. And that right there, that financial, it was a financial miracle. Because he could take that fish and sell it into the marketplace. It was a financial miracle. And that financial miracle, uh, you know, uh, I really believe provoked Peter in coming into the ministry. That was one of the things he saw that God is a provider, that God can overdo, can give us more than we can ask or think. And it rocked his world. And he said, man, I've got to follow Jesus. Now, we don't follow Jesus for the blessing. We follow Jesus because we love him and for what he's already done for us. But it's nice that there's a blessing that comes with <laughs> 
It's nice that there's blessings that come with following Jesus. So Jesus lived a life of faith. And Jesus never worried about not having enough. How many believe that Jesus never went hungry? Amen. How many people believe that? He never went hungry. Amen. We know this to be true and to be a fact because the disciples of John says, how come your disciples never fast? So if they never fast, they never went hungry. Do you know what I'm saying? They were always eating. How come they're always eating hamburgers and french fries, you know? You know, why are they always eating? Because, you know, they did not go hungry. God always provided for them. And if God provided for them, God will provide for you. Now, in Matthew, uh, Jesus is not just speaking and just telling people what he doesn't live through. In other words, Jesus ministers through experience. So what Jesus experienced as God taking care of him, he's, he's telling us God will take care of you. And so in, in Matthew, we've been discovering some keys. And Jesus says, you know, don't worry about your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. Uh, because that's what the world worries about. And he said, look at the birds, look at, look at the flowers, uh, look at these things. So what Jesus was saying was shift your focus from your need to the need meter. Shift your focus to, to, G, to God who, who takes care of the birds. And if the birds are eating, you can eat as well. Shift your focus from lack to abundance. Amen. There's abundance on this planet. I'm going to say this. I know I might get some, you know, some emails. But, you know, we're not going to run out of resources on this earth. We're not going to run out of resources. Some will say, oh, we're going to run out of resources. Some people believe there's too many people on the planet and we're going to. No, no, God, God has enough resources to, to, to meet more and multitudes of people. More than enough. Somebody say more than enough. And then in Matthew 6, 31 and 34, it says here, Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear for after these things the Gentiles seek? So people of the, this world are seeking for things. But we need to be seeking God. And then it says here, uh, for your heavenly father knows that you need of these things. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Amen. Amen. Therefore, he says, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will have its own trouble. In other words... God gives you faith for today. You don't need to try to advance your faith for tomorrow. And you just live every day in faith today. And God will get you through today. And then when you get up tomorrow morning, he'll get you through tomorrow. So you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Amen. And so Jesus gives us some keys of, 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 of living worried free, uh, focusing on the birds and the flowers, the birds are fed, the flowers are clothed, which means that we need to be focused on, on God being our provider. He is our shepherd. We shall not lack. And then he says that, 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 that one of the keys and the main key to, to seeing uh, the blessings in our life is to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, and that, that's the remedity. If we're, if we're la dealing with lack 
or the fear of lack, we need to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Look at your name and say, seek God. And then the blessings of obedience and seeking God and his righteousness, the blessings will run after us. You don't have to run after blessings. Blessings will run after you. In other words, people will do things for you. Glory to God. You know, uh, I love Larry. And Larry, um, uh, you know, I I don't want to toot my wife's horn, but uh, my wife's been just, just, I guess, inspired by the Lord. Larry comes out on on, on Wednesday nights, inspire the Lord to, make, to, to take some of our dinner and give it to him on Wednesday nights. And uh, I'm telling you, she's making steak and, and, and oh, Larry, has it been good Wednesday nights? Are you coming out just for the food or for the spiritual food? Okay. And, uh, and so, and, but, but, but Larry is such a blessing. He's taken us out to eat a couple times on his dime. And now it's like God is like, okay, payback. And now Yin's making all this good food, glory to God. Amen. I'm looking at Thomas over here. Thomas can make a, a mean salmon. Amen. Is that right? It's, it's all right. Amen. It's all right. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, so, and so, so God has moved on her heart, and he gets, he gets a meal every week now, glory to God. Amen. Why? Because you can't outgive God. God is amazing. He sowed a couple mills. Now he's reaping mills. What you sow is what you're going to reap. Glory to God. And they're home cooked mills. And they got the added ingredient love. So how can you never choke on a meal like that? Glory to God. When it's made with love. Amen. Amen. So, so Jesus had, did financial miracles and blessings and he multiplied also the fish and the loaves signifying what little we put in God's hands God can take he can break it he can multiply it he can send it out and he can bring it back I'm preaching because there were there were loaves that came back there were seven baskets that came back one time 12 baskets came back another time that is the principle of sowing and reaping not sowing and weeping Sometimes we sow, we give, and we're crying because we gave some money to the kingdom of God. It's not sowing and weeping. It's sowing and reaping. Amen. And so, and so amen. Because <laughs> sometimes we regret, you know. Don't let the enemy regret you ever regretting giving anything to God. Amen. And, and, so, and, so, and so we got to get this revelation. Now, now I, I want to kind of finish up my message from last week. Because I didn't really finish it. And, and I'll just do a, a quick review. Amen. A quick review. Uh, there are five. It went from four P's. Now it's the five P's uh, that, that will help you not to worry. Amen. And I only hit three of the P's last week. P's. What are you talking about? P's, Pastor. That's the, the, the letter P. That's what the word starts with. Amen. Not, not going to the restroom. Amen. And so the first P is priorities. Priorities. This means what are we putting first in our lives? What are you putting first? Ask yourself, what am I putting first in my life? Is God first? Amen. Uh, is your spouse first? Are you first? You know, you got to get the divine order. 
When I, when I preached on, 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 on relationships, it's, it's God, your spouse, and then you. Amen. I can, get, I, I can get some amens on that one. Amen. God, your spouse, you. Because when you're busy trying to bless your spouse, you can't think about yourself. When you're busy trying to bless God, you don't think about yourself. And then God does something amazing in your life. It, it, it takes the selfishness out of us. And so, and so here, it says here, priorities. So the number one priority is Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Amen. Number two is passivity. And the, the second P, and passivity is that we sometimes get too passive in allowing the wrong thoughts to dictate what we believe and will ultimately do what we believe. In other words, we allow what, what the enemy will say, like, for instance, God's calling each one of us to be givers, and the enemy will tell us we don't have enough to give. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Or we need it for ourselves. I'm going to say this, don't eat your seed. Sow your seed. And watch, watch God do something amazing in it. And so sometimes we can allow the wrong thoughts too long, and it, and it creates a belief system in us. And what we got to do is we got to line our thoughts up with the Word of God. Can I get a witness? And when the wrong thoughts are coming, we got to do what it says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring to every thought, the, the captivity, the obedience of Christ. So we have to cast down arguments. We have to cast down every high thing and bring it into obedience to the word of God. Amen. How do you do that? I talked about that last week. You can only overcome a negative thought from a positive word. You have to speak something out of your mouth. When the enemy says, you're not going to make it, you can say, or, or, or you're a loser. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You're, 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 you're financially broke. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You have to overcome negativity in your thinking through words of faith out of your mouth. Isn't that how Jesus won in the wilderness? Did he not say, it is written? Did he not say that to the devil? And the devil had to leave, could not handle that. And sometimes you've got to say to the enemy, when he's speaking to your mind, it is written. Number three P is pride. Sometimes we are in a place in our life where we're doing okay and, we, and we're maybe working a job, and, but we think by our own power, our own strength, our own might, uh, gets the job done. But I'm going to say this. It's God that gives you the power to get the job done. Don't become self-sufficient. Become God-sufficient. Sometimes we think, oh, because I'm working, I work hard, I, I, I studied, I made the course. But God gave you a good brain. Amen. God gave you a, a strong body. God gave you this. Don't forget God when you're walking in some sort of blessing. And pride would say, I, I got it by my own hand. But, but humility says, God is the one that helped me get it. Oh, I'm preaching. And in Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth. 
that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as in this day. Amen. I like what it says in Zechariah 4, 6. It says here that, that the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's not by your might. It's not by your power that you're not sustaining yourself. God is sustaining you. You got to get that revelation. Amen. You got to get that revelation. Number four, pro, this is the one I hit on last week, procrastination. If you're going to get the, 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 the sorrow out of your life, uh, the worry out of your life, you can't be a person that procrastinates. Have you ever procrastinated? Have you ever put something off that you know you needed to get done today? Have you ever let it go? And then you let it go something about the car. It's, you know, the car needs this done to it or that done to it. And you keep putting it off and pretty soon you have real problems. Amen. And, and, and you, you, you got, when, when, when the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to do something, do it. Amen. Do it quickly. Just get it. Just, 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 just get her done. Just, just do it. Amen. Get her done. Amen. And, uh, <laughs> amen. And, uh, and I like what it says in Proverbs 29, 5. It says the plans of the diligent lead surety to plenty. But those of everyone who is hasty, surety to poverty. Amen. Number five, P, is purpose. The reason why some of us are down and depressed or worrying because we're not walking out our purpose. We're not doing what God's calling us to do. Am I preaching to somebody today? And when you get into the purposes, the plans, and the giftings of God, I'm telling you, you're not going to be sad because you're running on purpose. You know who you are. You know who you serve. And you're walking out your gifts and the callings that God has placed on your life. I like what it says in John 15. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I'm going to say this to you this morning. You are chosen. Say, I'm chosen. And he had pointed you to go bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask in the Father's name, it may be given to you. So he said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. In other words, God knew what he was getting when he got you. The mess and everything that comes with it. <laughs> Amen. He knew. He knew he was getting a problem child when he got you. I was talking to Greg yesterday while we were at the men's breakfast, and 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 I was asking him to. to I was I was asking him something. And he said, "I can't." Uh, I said, "You got problems." He said, "I'm not going to reveal all my problems to you or something like that." And uh, and it was funny, but we all got issues that God's working through us. Amen. Glory to God. But he chose us. We're chosen. And I'm going to say this. It says in Romans eleven twenty nine, the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. What does that mean? God never changes his mind when he gives gifts and when he calls someone. Amen. And you may be believing the lie that your past is too messy, that your present is too messed up for God to use you. Don't believe that lie. 
Don't believe you're, that, yes, you may have messed up yesterday. Yes, you may have not done too many good things. But I'm going to say this, that the story of the prodigal son debunks the lie recorded in Luke 15 that, that your past will destroy your future. Because in the, in the prodigal son, the prodigal left his father's house. He wasted all his inheritance. He thought about, he, he repented, turned back, came back to the father's house, and the father, he was just going to be a servant, and the father made him a son again. He messed up. He had a messed up past. And he said, you're not going to be a servant in my house. You're going to have the ring of authority, the robe of righteousness, the shoes of peace. Glory to God. That, That means that you're a son again. So your past can't mess you up. Not if you turn to God. Not if you turn back to God. I'm telling you, I, man, I've been praying for my nephew. And um, he's, he's been a... He's, he's been an alcoholic. And um, praying for his salvation. And God visited him. He hadn't had a drink in over a week. And he said, he said, he called my brother John and said, I got God in my life. He's, God's turning his life around. And God's hearing our prayers. Because I've been praying for him every day. That God would, God would visit him. He did. And God is answering prayers. And there's more to come. Because it's not just my nephew. It's my nieces. It's my cousins. It's my nephews. It's my uncles and aunts that I'm praying for. And this is just the beginning. This is just me. God is visiting people. Don't give up on your children. Because your prayers or keeping them alive. Your prayers or keeping them from going down. They might be in a bad place, but it's, it's holding them back from the judgment of God. Amen. God's word is true. It may not look like things are happening in your life. It may look like things are staying the same or getting worse. But my, my God is working behind the scenes. Amen. It may look like things are bad, but you've got to believe that God is still working when it doesn't look like He's working. And you've got to stand on Romans 8.28. I know all things work together for good to those who love God, for those who called according to His purpose. You have a purpose in God. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe that God wants to do more in your life. You're not just, there's more for you in God. It's not, you're, you're not stuck. You can be unstuck. God revealed to us in prayer two weeks ago through a prophetic word that, that God is bringing people in uh, to the church. 
and, and, God, and God is moving us forward. And I believe that, and I'm going to keep standing on that, and I'm going to keep standing. Man, I, I, man it, it's better to die in faith and not have something than to die in fear and, and still not have something. Amen. Jesus was always encountering people that had impossible circumstances that seemed like that, that it would not change. There's always circumstances in people's life that Jesus met that looked impossible. But Jesus always did the impossible in these people's lives. I'm thinking about Jairus. I was thinking about how uh, he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my daughter is at the point of death. And on the way to Jairus' house, uh, Jesus was stopped by a lady that had an issue of blood and she was healed. It slowed down Jesus for momentarily. And then finally the people came from Jairus' house and said, don't worry the master anymore. She's dead. Well, that's, that's pretty bad. When you believe that Jesus is going to heal somebody and they, and they died. But you know what? Death isn't the end. It's not, the, it's not final, especially when you have faith. And, th- and the things can be dead in your life, but God can resurrect deadness in your life. God can resurrect your healing. God can resurrect your financials. God can resurrect your relationships. God can resurrect any dead thing. And so Jesus said, when, when he said, your, your daughter in Mark 5, 35 and 36, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. I'm going to say this to you this morning. Do not be afraid, only believe. And then, then further down in the story, Jesus gets to the house and says that, that, the, that the young, uh, his daughter is, is, is asleep, you know. And then they started, the people in the house that already were aware that she was dead started ridiculing Jesus, mocking him and making fun. And what did Jesus do? He kicked them out of the house. And then he brought his disciples, his inner disciples and the parents and, and he spoke the word in faith, and she rose up. So what, what am I saying to you this morning? Doubt and unbelief will come, but you got to kick it out. And then you got to do what Jesus said. you got to speak the word of life. And when you speak the word of life, resurrection life goes forth. Can I get a witness in the house today? So, so we see here that if we do those things, we will see the blessings of God. When you are dealing with worry, you know, you're dealing with a circumstance or a situation that you're dealing with today. But Jesus doesn't only say, look at the birds and focus on the Father that is your shepherd. But he also says, focus on heavenly things. when, When the disciples were distraught about Jesus going to the cross and leaving them, Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. 
You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go prepare a place for you. If I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. So here, Jesus was saying, hey, flip the script. Stop focusing on the fact that I'm going to be leaving you. Because Jesus was leaving them, but he wasn't leaving them comfortless. He was leaving them so he could provide the Holy Spirit to indwell them so they could have a comforter that would be with them the rest of their lives. And you have a comforter. You have the Holy Spirit. You're standby. You're very present help in need. Uh, You're encourager. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's abiding in us. Jesus going to the cross poured, allowed the Holy Spirit to be poured out so that God can indwell us. God in us, the hope of glory. Somebody say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Jesus exhorts his disciples, 1427, John, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Glory to God. The main key is not to worry and trust God no matter what is going on. And I love this scripture, and many of you have this scripture. When you don't know where to turn, where things are going, seem to be going bad, you have to turn to Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. And what will He do? He will make the crooked paths straight. That's another translation. Amen. He shall direct your paths. But another translation says, he will make whatever path that we may be on that may not be too straight. As If we learn to trust God, we, he, he will do something amazing in our lives. When we pray and give the problem to God is an act of trusting God. Then God, this reveals to God that we know that he can move in our lives and we can move forward in our situation. In Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, peace of God surpasses all understanding. So, so what am I saying today? That when we get in a place where we throw the worry down and we start worshiping God and we start focusing on the bigness of God, worry and fear will leave us. Can I get a witness in the house today? Thanksgiving is the key to walking in the peace and maintaining the spirit-filled life. I love this in Ephesians because in Ephesians, it teaches us how to walk the spirit-filled life. It says in Ephesians 5, 15 and 21, it says, So then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So here, he's saying here that we need to walk our lives 
uh, the keys in this, if we're going to be worry-free, we got to walk out our lives purposely. We, we got to stay busy and being productive and doing kingdom business. Number two, we need to walk out our life loving God and loving people. When we get our focus on loving God and loving people, we don't have time to think about ourselves. Number three, we walk out our life soberly. Don't allow the enemy to trick you and substitute in true peace of God for the counterfeit of alcohol, uh, drugs, uh, uh, whatever the, the, the vice might be. Don't run to the vice. Don't run to the sin. Run to the sun. Run to the sun. Don't let the vice comfort you. Let the sun comfort you. And the sun will comfort you. And he will give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. Number four, the key is walk out your life praising God and be an encouragement to others. The Bible says here, praising and singing psalms to one another. Singing and praising and making melody in your hearts towards God. We're, we're supposed to be singing to one another. Praising, serenading. <laughs> Amen. One another. We need to be building. That builds each other up. When I, when I was uh, attending Bible school, I would I'd be walking to class and, I'd, and I would start singing a worship song. And other people would start joining me. And we would start singing a, a worship song together. And it was like wonderful. Glory to God. And it was like my joy got off on other people and they got joyful. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So, so you need to make a joyful noise. You need to shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. You, number five, you need to walk out your life humbly under, under the submission of God and man. It says we submit to God and we submit to one another in the love of God. That submission is not a bad word. Amen. We submit to God and we submit to one another in the love of God. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And I love this because Paul got to a point and Paul dealt with a lot of stress in his life. And in 2 Corinthians 7, 4, it says, Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I'm exceedingly joyful in all tribulation. He says that he's, he's filled with comfort of God and that he's exceedingly joyful in tribulation or in trial. And so when we encounter trials or trouble in our life, can we be comforted by the Holy Spirit and can we walk in the joy of the Lord even though all hell might seem to be breaking loose all around us? Yes, we can. The Bible says in James, count it all joy. When you encounter trials and tribulations, count it all joy. Because God's working some internal, eternal purpose out of it. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying today? God's going to work something good out of the bad that the enemy's trying to do. What the enemy means for harm, God will do for good. Amen? And I just want to close out this, this message by giving you a, a key uh, to, to walking in the fullness of the blessing. I, it, it derives from the number 10. And 10, uh, uh, it, it means test. And when you look at 10... Ten, you got the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments is a test if you love God. Now, that's Old Testament. Now, we love, now that we go with two commandments. Love the God, God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The number two ten was, was a test was that the, uh, 
Egyptians was under 10 tests or 10 plagues or 10 miracles that got them out of walking out of the uh, out of captivity of Egypt into the promised land. So, so God did 10 miracles to get them out. And when he brought them out, it says he brought them out with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. What does God want to do? He wants, he, that number 10 is so significant. He wants that 10, that number 10 to be used to set us free. And the third 10 that I want to talk about is called the tithe. The tithe. And now you say, no, pastor, it was good up until now. Did you have to go here? And the tithe, it's in the book of Malachi. And that's for all the Italians out here, Malachi, amen? And, and the tithe means 10. And tithe represents the first and our best to God. And, I, and, I, and we have faithful givers. Thank you for all the blessings. But I think we can go higher in the area of giving. And, and, so, and so, so, so really, your first fruits is your first 10%. I said last week, every check that I get, the first thing I think about is the tithe. I think about God. And when I think about God, that's the first thing that goes to God. I don't make that the last thing. I make God the first thing. And so you got to put God first if you want to say, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you this morning to, 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 to put God first and start tithing into the kingdom and watch God do miracles in your life. It says here, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, Malachi 3.10. And this is interesting. When I was studying this, it's Malachi 3, verse 10. <laughs> Malachi 3, verse 10. That's interesting, isn't it? And 10 is the number we're talking about. It says, bring all the tithe, one-tenth of your income, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and test me in this. See, notice it says, test me. Test me, that's another 10 test. But this is a different test. God's saying to me, well, it's, it's, it's a two-fold test. It's a test if you're going to do it, and then it tests God to be faithful to your giving. Amen. It will test. In other words, when you give to God, He will open the windows of heaven. He will pour you out blessings you cannot even contain. He will grace you. He will bless you. I'm telling you, I could, man, I, man, I could... Glory to God. I've seen God do miracles in my life. And I know God has done miracles in people's lives that are, that are tithers in the house. And I want to encourage you. You know, maybe you're not at the tithe level yet. Go to the tithe level and watch God do something amazing in your life. It's, it's a threefold blessing. You'll, number one, you'll live under the open heaven. He'll pour out a blessing. Number two, he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Number three, people will recognize the blessing on your life. And number four, amen, let me go with number four. You ready for number four? You are gathering treasures up in heaven when you're sowing in to the kingdom of God. Amen. So I want to encourage you, if you release the tithe, amen, then what you're doing is you're releasing God and the blessings of God to pour forth into your house and your life and your family. And don't hold back God. The Bible says that if we don't tithe, that we're robbing God. And I like to say it this way. We're robbing God's ability of his ability to bless us in our lives. We're keeping God from enabling to give us the supernatural blessing he wants to give us. And so don't, 
don't you know, tie God's hands by not being a tither and, and, and being a person that gives offerings. And, and so I just want to encourage you today to, to, to go to that next level and watch God do something miraculous in your life. Amen. Did you receive it this morning? Yeah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. I thank you for the precious people out here, those watching online. And the, the greatest tithe that you can tithe is your life to God, to put God first place in every area of your life. And if you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're listening to me or watching me right now, today is the day of salvation. And this is the day that you need to make that, that decision. Do not procrastinate. So I want you, if you're ready to receive Christ, just say this prayer out loud and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe Jesus was raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.